Hey, hey, hey. 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 Poor thing. (laughs) (laughs) What did we do before 2020 when everybody was sick? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, we enjoyed life. Okay, there it is. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you check out all of our past episodes by going to thewatchlistpod.com. You can also engage with us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, and at symbol the watchlist pod. And please, pretty please with sugar on top, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if that just happens to be Apple, please give us a five-star review to appease those algorithm gods so that we can get more listeners and sponsorships so we can do this all the time and make lots of money. (laughs) Yeah, that's the new show open, people. Begging for sponsorships. All right. So. Okay. Well, I'm sorry you're under the weather a little bit today. Uh, It's just the coughing now. My voice is, or my voice is kind of raspy, which I guess is good for radio. Um, <laughs> is it? Is it really? <laughs> um, uh, but you know, I don't have any aches or pains. I don't feel tired or crappy. Anything else? I don't have a headache. I don't have a fever. It's just the coughing that makes my throat sore now. Well, that sucks. Well, we will get you in and out today, Patty. Okay. Okay. So as I found out, <laughs> so as I found out, people, and by the way, thank you all for for listening and subscribing. We really appreciate that. Uh, so as I found out when going over a couple of show notes with Patty before the big shoe, we actually watched one of the same things this week. So it's going to be very interesting to, to see what uh, what we thought of it. Uh, I've got three things to do today. You've got three things to do today. Yep, and one of our three is mutual, so we both have two other things. Oh, snap. <laughs> Look, I can do math. I know you can. So <laughs> I'm going to tease this now because I kind of want to save it for last. I saw the new Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get into it now, so stay tuned for my review. All I can say is, David, shout out to David. Dave, what's up, David? You may or may not be happy with my review. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, so why don't you kick us off today? First one I have is on Netflix. I watched it some time ago. I may have told you about it already. I don't know. Um, but I don't remember reviewing it on the show. Uh, this is called Mr. Harrington's Phone. Okay. It stars Donald Sutherland as Mr. Harrington. Oh. And it's based on a Stephen King novella of oh. the same name. So Mr. Harrington is this crotchety old, crotchety old retired rich guy. And he hires young Craig, this young boy in town who just lost his mom, to come to his house and read for him three times a week. So Craig does this for like five years as he grows up. He goes to high school and stuff, and uh, he feels that they've become friends. He really likes Mr. Harrington. Mr. Harrington is only nice to Craig. He's the only person he's really nice to. And it seems Craig is the only one 
that actually likes Mr. Harrington. Nobody else likes him. And Craig, like, Mr. Harrington gives Craig uh, scratch-off tickets for every holiday, birthday, and stuff. And Craig manages to win money from one of these scratch-off tickets. And this is right when cell phones are becoming big. He buys Mr. Harrington a phone with some of his winnings. And Mr. Harrington's like, what is this? I don't need this shit. And then he's like, huh, I kind of like this. And he starts following the stock trends and he gets really kind of into the phone. He's like, okay, fine. I kind of like this. And then Mr. Harrington kind of predicts the shit that, that happens when you have a cell phone and a cell phone culture. But that's kind of on the side. Mr. Harrington is an old man and he dies because he's an old man. <laughs> Because that's what happened. It's not like anybody murdered him. It's just he died because he's old. Okay. And so Craig finds Mr. Harrington's phone. And then weird things in Stephen King Manor start to happen. <laughs> and it seems that if he, that like, that Mr. Harrington is still alive somehow through the phone. And he helps Craig in mysterious, unforeseen ways. Dump, dump, that Craig may or may not want. All right. So what did you think yeah. of it? it? It was... After it all that build-up. Yeah, after all that build-up, it feels kind of like a... Like some Charles Dickens story that I've heard. You know, the, the rich person that helps the young person along with... Twilight Zone, Outer Limitsy shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, like one of those creepy stories of the old lady whose husband died calls her on the phone and she goes to the graveyard and the phone line is going into his grave. <sighs> yeah, it's kind of it feels like that to me. It, it's fine. It's maybe teenagers will think it's good and creepy and scary, and oh, but I was like, yeah, it's all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Dwight's right. review would be like, Dwight's review would be like, eh, okay. Nah. But the problem is, I don't think a teenager would like it because they don't know who the fuck Donald Sutherland is. That doesn't matter. You don't need to know who he is. They would know who the kid is. I don't know who the fuck the kid is. All right. Well, then there's the young people. <laughs> Which is why I didn't Fucking say young who, people. who plays him. Yeah. You, you uh, little ankle biters. Yeah. The young kid is Jaden Martell. All right. He he was in the uh, he was in Knives Out and the 2017 adaptation of It. Oh well, then there you go. Oh wait, See, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Know who he is. I met that kid. Oh, what? I met that kid. I went to one of these little Halloween or not Halloween conventions, but a but it's called Monster Mania, and they do it in Cherry oh, okay. Hill here, and um. I met four of the, I, I, did I meet five of the six or four of the five? It was four of the five of the kids from it, and I got their autographs on an it poster. Oh, see? You met him. So you know who he is. I did. I know him. We go way back. Yeah. Well, I don't know who the hell he is, which is why I didn't mention it at the beginning. Okay. Donald Sutherland is the one I know who he is. That's right. And Yeah. Well, kids might know. Well, no. Slightly older kids might know from... Uh, the Catching Fire stuff because he was. President oh, that's right. Snow. He's Snow. He's President Snow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. 
Well, anyway, so you said it was meh. It's kind of meh. I I was entertained but unimpressed. Okay. It's Mr. Harrington's phone on Netflix. Gotcha. All right. So I'm going to do this one. Okay. First, a, a quickie little half review, and this one is mainly for Terry. Hey, Terry. What's going on? Hey, Terry. So she and I were going, we both watched Blockbuster, and I talked about Blockbuster before. Uh-huh. And I how I how I got into it because of the nostalgia. Uh-huh. I'm I'm in for the whole thing now. I finished the oh. whole season, and I just have to say it's it's cute. Is it the best comedy you've ever seen? Absolutely not, but I found it charming. And Melissa Fumero, who was also the female lead of Brooklyn Nine Nine, absolutely makes this show because she has a way of just having chemistry with whoever she's with. And and I just I enjoyed it. So that's my little half review. And Terry, I think, bowed out after a couple of episodes because it wasn't Brooklyn Nine-Nine level of comedy. And it's certainly not. She's absolutely right. But I liked it. The next review okay. I have, though, uh, full review is of The Sound of 007. You know, this year marks the 60th anniversary of James Bond. Wow. 60 years of James Bond. Damn. So they they put together one of these, of course, you know, specials celebrating the 60 years of James Bond. And it, and it, it the description says, The sound of 007 pulls back the curtain on the remarkable history of six decades of Bond music, taking viewers on a journey from Sean Connery's Dr. No through Daniel Craig's final outing in No Time to Die. They spend an awful lot of, like, the first 20 minutes of this focusing on, um, what's-her-face, uh, Billie Eilish. Because she did the song No Time to Die. And I was thinking that they would have done this from the beginning, start off that way, and then lead up to Billie Eilish doing No Time to Die. But no, they really start out like that, and I thought it was a retrospective of how Billie Eilish... <laughs> you know, did this thing. And then they finally get into the Shirley Bassey, um, Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever, and all that other sort of stuff. You know what? I don't know how many women, and I'm going to sound very sexist, and I'm very sorry about that. But in my life, the people who have been into James Bond have been mostly dudes. Would you think that's accurate? Would you say that's accurate? Um, uh, well, the whole persona and then the styling from the opening scene credits through the theme song is all uh, catering to the heterosexual male. Yes. Yes, it's sexual. It, I, it's, it, it's sexual and it's sexist and it's misogynistic. Absolutely. And well, and but I growing up with James Bond. I always liked James Bond stuff because I kind of wanted to be a spy for a good period of time there as a child. You'd be a good spy, yeah. I wanted to be a spy, FBI agent, cop kind of a thing for a good long time. Um, But I don't know if I'm an exception to that. But I do know a lot of girl, you know, a lot of my friends like James Bond movies. They thought they were fun. Enough to watch a documentary on the songs of James Bond in a 60-year retrospective? If they are music fans, maybe yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the James Bond theme songs are really big. And then, you know, Duran Duran did one. 
and they and they actually had um oh, fucking hell i used to know all of their names too i think it's john taylor um because there was john <laughs> andy and roger taylor it might be roger taylor nick nick rhodes nick john rhodes taylor, simon LeBon, Roger taylor yeah andy taylor and simon Lebon. the taylors were not related john taylor was the bass player Andy Taylor was the lead guitarist, and Roger Taylor was the drummer. It's probably not Andy Taylor because he's got cancer, and he did not show up at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame stuff. Ah, okay. Then, then it's probably the non-drummer Taylor. And Simon LeBon is just sitting there. And I just have to say that in their part of it, because they wrote "Of You to a Kill," um, or they performed "Of You to a Kill." Simon LeBon didn't say shit. He's just sitting there. He, he has like one or two sentences, but it was all tailored, dude. I I thought uh, it was they interesting. They may have edited it down, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I, th- I thought they wrote that song, but I don't know. Well, whoever. I mean, it was a whatever. great song Who at cares? the time. In 1985, it was, it was a great cool video. song. Yeah. What I thought was interesting was when they went back through archival footage and talked to John Barry, who created the theme for James Bond. You saw people like Shirley Bassey talk about what it was like to experience that. And when you had um, Michael Caine and Terrence Stamp and John Barry all knew each other in the 60s. And uh, Michael Caine stayed with John Barry for a time. At the exact moment on the night that he wrote the song Goldfinger... Uh-huh. And it, and it was just a very interesting story. So this, those stories are neat. I would have preferred to hear more of, you know, "Live and Let Die," which is my favorite Bond song. I do like that one a lot. Yes, that song kicks ass. Um, but and then they interviewed Sheena Easton, who does not look like Sheena Easton anymore. Plastic surgery been very very good to her. But if you like music and you like James Bond, this is a very interesting thing. I don't know how you'd be into it if you were just a casual fan. You probably will skip over this. But I didn't because I love movies. I like Bond and I like and I love music. So check it out. It's it's not bad. It's you a said good, it was called the Sound of 007. or the Sound of 007. It's on Amazon. It's only eighty eight minutes long. Oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. All right. So Dwight managed to find some Korean dramas on Hulu. <laughs> and he picked this one. It is only available dubbed into English. It is not subtitled. This one is called Grid. And it's kind of like present day. But solar flares and winds are about to start ripping apart the planet. Okay. And scientists around the globe are trying to find a way to like, help us live through this and they're gonna make a force field that goes around the planet and strange things happen just as the solution is found to this grid around the planet and then you fast forward about 13 years and there's a detective who encounters a murderer who has this friend in air quotes who Man who helps the murderer get away from police, and it seems as if this friend travels through time. Like, they blip in and out, and they just happen to be somewhere right where they need to be. Like, they know what's going to happen before it happens to save this murderer from getting caught. 
And then there's the secret government bureau that is connected to the grid. (laughs) Uh And one of the guys from that bureau starts helping the cop lady. And it's very weird and it's so secretive and they work together and it's timey-wimey and wibbly-wobbly and the beginning is like really good and paced well. Mm -hmm. In this series, I don't think there's a lot of episodes. I think there's only like eight. And then in all time travel fashion, stuff just is like, what? And plot holes and what? And huh? Wait, he changed the past. How could he go back to that? And what? Oh, this is, it just kind of falls apart. Okay. So I don't recommend Grid, per se, on Hulu. But there are definitely plenty of dubbed Korean dramas on Hulu. And I sus- and they aren't available like on all the other sources for Korean dramas. I know that Disney Plus releases Korean dramas in other countries. Hmm. And I suspect these ones on Hulu that are exclusive to Hulu that might have like the Hulu logo above the title of the show hmm. are the American releases of these Disney Plus shows from other countries. Well, and if and if our audience is savvy enough to have a VPN. Well, there's that, but... Um, you know, you could actually log on using another country's code, and then if you subscribe to Disney+, Plus, you could pick up what that country has. But we don't recommend doing anything illegal. Not at all. It's actually legal to do, but, you know, it's just a way to get a different version of Disney+, Plus per se. Uh, It's a shady way. Is it a shady way? Because it's not... They don't have the rights to release it in America, which is why some of these things require country masking. I'm trying to help our viewers. I know. I'm I'm just listeners. uh, Viewers. When did we go? When did we go TV? When did we get video? (laughs) Uh, I'm just trying to make it seem that we don't condone that we never condone anything illegal please do not do anything bad and stuff and things yeah Yeah. there was a tweet from weird al because somebody had asked yeah because somebody had asked like how do i see your show in another country and his tweet was really kind of funny all right so no on that show yeah i wouldn't recommend that one okay Oh, here, here it is. Um, I found the tweet from Weird Al. So the guy asks, you know, how can I get the Roku channel elsewhere? And he's like, Roku's working on it. In the meantime, there's VPN, where in parentheses, very probably no way to watch it legally. I'm sure you have a torrent of other questions, but I have to move along. Sorry. So that was his way of saying it. Right. <laughs> oh, Weird Al. Which I thought was very clever. The way he worded it. I was impressed. So, yeah, Grid on Hulu. Look for other Korean dramas that are probably better. Okay. So, I, I I forgot that we watched one other thing last night because you and I did not record last night. Because, folks, we are recording on Saturday morning. Okay. So, we actually caught Bullet Train. 
So Bullet Train uh, came out this year, and it stars Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Joey King, uh, uh, Sandra Bullock is in it, and it is a it's a movie about Brad Pitt. He plays a hit person, a very unlucky assassin who is codenamed Ladybug, who's determined to do a very peaceful job after one too many of his gigs goes off the rails. Well, he gets on this train and all he has to do is retrieve a briefcase. However, fate may have other plans for him because other people who are also on the train have conflicting objectives. They're on the same train and all of those stories become interconnected and you see why and how. And it all takes place on the world's fastest train in Japan. Uh-huh. I got to say this I like I really like this movie. Brad Pitt Where did you it, find it? It is available for digital rental on all platforms. Okay, okay. So I rented it on Hulu, but I'm sure if you have Amazon you could rent it there, blah blah blah. You can rent things on Hulu? I don't know if you can. I don't know. That's Amazon you said I rented it on Hulu. No, I'm sorry. I I um Vudu. Oh. <laughs> That's what I meant. Okay. Fucking words. <laughs> Anyway, words are hard on Saturday Words are morning. hard, but Mac okay. is easy. So you rented it on Voodoo. I rented it. it on Voodoo. It was um, six bucks, and I just and we had wanted to see it when it came out. And I'll tell you what. Earlier in the day yesterday, I had caught Thelma and Louise, and I don't know if any of our listeners ever saw Thelma and Louise, but that movie came out in 1991, and it is a great movie. It is a great movie that stars Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis. Uh, But Brad Pitt became a movie star in that movie. Uh He had done other things and other really low-rent stuff. He did an episode of 21 Jump Street before that. But when he and his abs were in Thelma and Louise, (laughs) that boy became a movie star. Uh And 30 years later, when he makes a movie like Bullet Train... You see not only his evolution in terms of comedy and timing and action and all of that, but he has weathered well in the Hollywood system. And he makes things that can be kind of goofy and off kilter like this movie. But don't get me wrong. It is a it's a it's an action picture with a huge sense of humor. And and it's it's very well done. Uh And it's just got such a plot and you need to pay attention to it. All the characters are intriguing. And if you get a chance, take six bucks and rent Bullet Train. If you are of the mind to watch a comedy action picture. I thought it it was very good. And Brad Pitt is hilarious in this movie. Good to know. And and a few cameos are actually pretty funny too. How fun. Which I will not spoil. Bullet Train, rent it. Okay. Okay. So I will begin our joint review of The Devil's Hour. This is yeah. on Amazon Prime. I was browsing other uh, platforms that I have that I don't look at very often to see what else is there. And this was served up to me. I did not know that Stephen Moffat produced this one mm. until it, I started watching it. And it does star Peter Capaldi, among other people that I don't quite recognize but the girl who plays lucy whose name i didn't type out 
I do recognize her from Call of the Midwife. She oh, was in a right. few seasons of that. So Lucy is the main character that we're following around. She's a social worker, and she's dealing with the family and relationship woes. She's separated from her husband. Her eight-year-old son is withdrawn and does not express emotions. Her mom speaks to empty chairs and isn't... She's kind of senile. And Lucy wakes up every night from having horrible nightmares at exactly 3.33 a.m., which everyone knows is the devil's hour, which is between 3 and 4 a.m. Everybody knows this, right? You know this, right? Fuck no. I'm normal. <laughs> I don't know this shit. I'm sleeping. <laughs> That's in so many horror movies. Anyway, great. Her, Lucy's son, Isaac, he's you know eight-year-old kid. He talks to about, he talks to things that aren't people who aren't there and he stares at the wall for hours on end and he's just kind of weird yeah and that's part of this story and then she's also has these weird visions during the day where she's sees things that seem like memories but she knows they didn't really happen so she's wondering if she's having visions of things to come or what and then her son gets kidnapped by Peter Capaldi's character. And he's also really sketchy and shady. And there's this detective that's helping her. And it's all over the place. And it's kind of timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly as well. And I kept Googling this when I first started it in the first two episodes, trying to figure out, okay, what the fuck is going on? We're all over the place. We're seeing flashes from, like, the neighbors in her house tearing down walls. And then, like, stuff where I thought she was a cop, but it turns out she's not really a cop. And I was hella confused, but there's it's so new, there's nothing online explaining what's going on. So I had to sit with it, all eight episodes of this, last yesterday, throughout all yesterday, watch the whole damn thing. Mm, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if I would recommend it, per se, because of that confusing shit. If you can follow that kind of stuff easily, because you're used to the timey-wimey weird shit, then yeah. But if that kind of thing just pisses you off and you hate how shows jump around and, and don't really explain anything for half the season of the show, then don't look at this. All right. That's what here's Bill's here's Bill's review. <laughs> <laughs> Patty is absolutely right. I mean, you have to stick with this. And when we got to I think episode 4, I look okay. at Laura who is extremely well read. Mm -hmm. I'm talking extremely well read. I admire her so much for how well read she is. She's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And, you said and, I can follow this timey-wimey shit. And I'm like, but what the hell? that is not a bad thing. No, not terribly bad. Because it, it all gets explained. Now, I, I think that, and I'm not going to spoil it, but I think it all gets explained a little quickly in the final, like, two episodes. Yeah, they go over way too fast. Yeah. So, but if you stick with it, it, it I, I think... And I think I like it, liked it better than you. 
it is a really good creepy mystery. It is definitely kid, a good creepy mystery. If you watch the creepy mystery half, like watch it for that, yes. Oh my God. The kid that they got, and, and when Patty said that he is emotionless, and they explain why, which mm -hmm. I will not give away, but this kid is creepy as fuck. And the actor kid is like damn good at being That's that what creepy, I'm saying. emotionless kind of. Emotionless, creepy Whoa. kid who just pops up. Mm. Now, the, the dad, who is the divorce dad, is, is um, Jamie from... Ted Lasso, if anybody watches Ted Lasso. Um, but I say stick with it because I enjoyed it. When uh, Doctor yeah, Who I... comes into it, I, I there, there are some times when I get a little frustrated with characters who explain things in riddles and don't get right to it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, yeah. but... That other show written and produced by Stephen Moffat, the one that starred David Tennant that I talked about a, an episode Broad or two ago. Mm -hmm. Not Broadchurch. Um, oh. The one where he oh, is with Stanley one. Tucci. Yes, the the past one, the Inside Man. Inside Man. Um, uh, Stanley Tucci's character does the same thing. Oh. Where he's kind of leading you along with words because he because that character type wants you to get to someplace on your own and all that. So I get a little frustrated at that, which is why I think they tried to wrap it up expositionally within the last mm -hmm. two episodes. But, folks, if you stick with this, it is good. It is creepy. And then it does get into some time travely type things. It feels timey-wimey. It's definitely timey-wimey, not necessarily time travel timey-wimey. Kind of like uh, I would say Mr. Harrington's phone has that timey-wimey, but not really time travel, not really timey, but it's well, timey-wimey. It's got that wibbly-wobbly. That's it. It's wibbly-wobbly. Yeah. So you have to stick with it, but I, I think it is worth it. We both thought it was worth it and very, very good. Um, so... The Devil's Hour, yeah, but but you need to invest some time. It can't just be on in the background. No, oh, yes, you, you have to pay attention to. You this. have to pay you attention. Absolutely, to it. have to have it on and be focused on watching this show. You cannot yeah. be doing other things that will take your brain away from watching it. Yeah. And it's on Amazon Prime, so right. if you're a Prime member, you get to watch this for free. And all the episodes are available, obviously, because I watched them all yesterday. Yep. And they're about an hour long, so it's like eight hours. Yep. And that right, is what else? the devil's hour. That's that it. That's all my hour. things. Now it's all on right. you. So I am going to do a quickie review, non-spoiler, for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It opened this past weekend. And I didn't I we went into this knowing that we were going to have our hearts ripped out. Mm. I mean, how can you not? Because, true. Yeah. you know, the, the very tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman, who hid his colon cancer from the world, only his absolute closest people knew. So when, and, and, I, and I mean this wholeheartedly, people, when we first saw him in Black Panther, the movie, 
he was already battling colon cancer. In the movie 21 Bridges, in um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, all of these movies, The Five Bloods, the whole bit, this brave soul was battling a very deadly disease which ended up taking his life. But in that, he created an embodied Black Panther. So how can you create a sequel without your lead? All I have to say is you will need tissues within the first two minutes of this movie. And, and I don't want to spoil why or how, because it bookends at the very end of the movie. And those people who see this movie will know what I mean by that, because they address his death in the movie. Okay. At the same time, and I'm saying what I liked positively first about this movie, it must have been a gargantuan effort from a writer's standpoint and Kevin Feige's standpoint to rewrite a movie without your male lead. Mm-hmm. But I give it up completely to Letitia Wright, who plays um, Chadwick Boseman's sister, the brilliant Shuri in this movie. She carries this movie, and I don't think she was ever she was ever meant to. So she she carries this movie, and the movie's themes are how do you how do you rule in this post black panther world where the world now is sharing in wakanda's technological advances well they explain that well too so at the end of of black panther they t'challa because actually of killmonger's um he killmonger wanted to share the weapons with the world but T'Challa knew that to help the world, they needed to share technology and, and education and so forth. So they open up all these educational facilities all around the world, which end up being attacked by different countries just to get vibranium to use as weapons. Mm-hmm. So what I love about this movie is how women rule in this movie. And they don't rule, they don't underline feminism because they treat the characters so well, they treat them as though they were men. They're that powerful, but you don't care if they're women or not. They are just powerful. And I think that is something brilliant, brilliantly done in this movie. Now on to the other stuff. Uh-oh. This movie is two hours and 41 fucking minutes long. Oof. And, and I did not know that going into this movie. Usually I do, but I stay off the internet when I, when I really want to see something, particularly a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or something like that. I did not realize the runtime. So not only were there 25 minutes of trailers. Oh, God. Yeah, it was a long pre-show. We went in at 5 and got out at 8.10. Jeez. Okay. Now, most of that is movie, yes. But, you know, uh, uh, like two minutes or three minutes of that was Nicole Kidman saying, go to AMC theaters. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were, you know, like 25 minutes of trailers. This movie could have easily been cut by half an hour. 
At least I feel that way. Okay. Now the movie. Now it is no surprise that they introduce a new character in this movie called Namor. And as Laura puts it, it's bad Aquaman. Oh. <laughs> um, but they also did a very good job of not making him super buff like um, like Dude is when he plays Aquaman. Uh-huh. Jason so, Momoa. Jason Momoa. So you don't instantly say they're trying to copy Jason Momoa. Okay. But, but for reasons, he's pissed off. And not only is he against the world, he also is against Wakanda. Oh. So how do you defend Wakanda and the world against a power that is actually super duper powerful, as powerful, if not more so than Wakanda? But the movie, I felt, could have been shorter by half an hour. I think they would have had a better, tighter movie. Also, one of the things that I think that the Marvel TV series do is they give you six episodes or eight episodes to get you from point A to point B, get you these little clues that you will need to get to the ultimate storyline that they're trying to weave. And I think that they could have done better service to another character who they introduce in this movie called Ironheart, who is a brilliant teenage girl from Chicago who ends up making her own Iron Man suit. That is not also a surprise. That is not a surprise. Um, but the way they introduce her character is kind of like the way they introduced Peter Parker in uh, Captain America's Civil War. And without reading the comics, which I did not, I would have liked more visual explanation of her character. That being said, I also felt like some parts of this movie were that get you to point A and B. Because I kept thinking, okay, I need to know that. I need to know this character. Okay, I really need to know that. Now I'm waiting for the next thing to come out. I think it is a, it, I think it is a very serviceable sequel to Black Panther. But is it as good as the first Black Panther? In my humble opinion, no. Black Panther is, I think, a great superhero movie. And it is also a very affecting movie for its portrayal of African people and how beautiful it is. This movie, it, it's a straight-up action picture, and I think there, there have been better sequels. But if you're on board the Marvel train, definitely go see it. Be prepared that it is two hours and 41 minutes minus all of the trailers that you're going to see. So if your start time is five, like mine was, I'm so glad I picked an early show too. Because if <laughs> I had picked the seven o'clock show and we're getting out at 10 fucking 30, oh God. Anyway, uh, go pick your seat somewhere. And if your show starts at five, you could easily walk in at 515 or 520 and not miss a thing. Um, but it is a very, it, it, the tributes to Chadwick Boseman in this movie are amazing. And the way they handle his death is extremely respect, extremely respectful. Oh, that's good. Espe especially to his real life, um, cancer. Mm -hmm. 
So that is my, do I recommend it? Sure. In the end, I recommend it. But you might want to, and even Laura said this too, it, it might benefit me from a second viewing of it to pick up on different things and let it sink in a little bit more. Okay. But I think you would also benefit from watching it on Disney Plus too. Oh, waiting for it to come to Disney Plus? Not waiting because you do want to see a movie like this on a big screen. We actually had really like almost too loud sound Ooh. and i and that and me saying that that fucker was loud mm -hmm. um okay so watch it in the theater but then watch it again when it's on available. disney plus yeah because okay. that's you know you want to be able to pause it absorb parts of it because there are parts of it that are really 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 well done i almost felt like it was almost two movies how do you deal with the power struggle of t'challa dying again that's not a spoiler how do you deal with that and rule your kingdom against the the things coming at you but then it's also an origin story for other characters like mm -hmm. namor ironheart and then another character pops up who we have only seen in the tv universe in the disney plus universe she pops up so there are three other things going on and that's probably one thing too many. Okay. All right. All right. So that is my two and a half-ish to three-star review of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I am sure. I know David will disagree with me. And I know I will hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, right. please be laughing right now. Um, but <laughs> but I got I gots to be real, yo. But again, I think we also would have gotten a very different type of movie and feel if Chadwick Boseman had been alive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it would have been a whole other movie. It would have been a whole other thing. And and so for what they did and how they did it, yes, absolutely. Well done. That's it. That's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got, too. So, people, in about 49 minutes or 45 minutes or however this show gets edited, this show could be 12 minutes long by the time Patty's done with it. Bill, shut up. Cut. <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah, cut. This show ends up being 8 minutes, 37 seconds. Why? Because Bill shuts up. Anyway, <laughs> log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that Contact Us button. Did you see Wakanda Forever? Am I off my rocker? Did I miss something? Yes, David, I know. <laughs> I know the opinion is coming. But did you see Wakanda <laughs> Forever? Am I off my rocker? Um, did you see The Devil's Hour? What did you think of that? And also give us suggestions, too, of what to watch. We would always appreciate that. And you can also do that by hitting us up on social media, at symbol the watchlist pod, at symbol Pirate Alice, and at symbol Bill Ivory Larson. And, Patty, I hope you feel better. I hope your coughing Thanks. stops. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm closing in on maybe being better. Maybe. Okay. I mean, and I, I can't do we it. Yeah. And we are ending the show because I got dogs in the studio now. Hello, dogs. Dogs in the studio. No, studio that's dogs. not allowed. Dogs, get out of the studio. And on that note. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. All right. It is time to end the show. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. And we will talk to you soon. Okay, okay bye. bye.